Hey, Nick. It's me, Keegan, your co-host um, of our new podcast that we're putting out tomorrow called The Keegan Dufty Hour, starring The Week Boys. Um, so this is just a rough draft um, I had for an idea of a theme song. Uh, I'm up for some constructive criticism. Uh, this is kind of it's pretty similar to Virginia Woolf just because it's stream of consciousness, so some would describe us in the same sentence. Um, tell me what you think. I'm going to play it pretty fast and probably mumble, so that's intentional. <clears throat> Open C. Keegan Dufty Hour. Keegan, Keegan and Nick. As many of you know, we've entered blog life. We both have douchey haircuts, and now we're starting another podcast. So we are despicable people. I'm doing a lot of blogging, and I'm on the internet a lot. We're bringing you this podcast to recount some of our favorite news stories of the week, and that's about it. Today's episode is brought to you by *The Pirate Prince* by Connie Mason. In this romance novel, the pirate hero steals the heroine en route to his evil half brother's harem. He's not a noble hero, though. He still plans to deliver our heroine to the harem in exchange for his imprisoned mother. Not to be confused with the movie American Gangster, which is about Denzel Washington smuggling heroin into Harlem to buy a big house for his mother. The pirate prince falls for the heroine but needs to preserve her virginity and trading value. He resolves to seduce her into lots and lots of foreplay. That one's a classic, folks, and good for kids. You can go on Amazon.com and use the code NICKISITALIAN69 to get any book you find on the street for free. You heard me right. Get out of your apartment, get that dose of vitamin D, and if you see a book just lying around, take it. It's on us. That was an ad read for a book by Connie Mason. What fucking happened this week, Nick? Daniel Day-Lewis decided to retire. He's stopping acting after this next movie about uh, being a fashion designer in England. Is he a seamstress or a fashion designer? I think he's a designer, but the preview is confusing because it's, you know, the usual um, Paul Thomas Anderson confusion. He does a lot of brooding. Yes, he looks like a very angry fashion designer, right. which I like. But why stop Right. is the question. Right. I think what we've talked about is is obviously Daniel Day-Lewis is one of the best actors, yeah. not of our generation, of all time. He's fantastic. He made Lincoln, which was one of the most boring movies ever watchable, because he was, he, he was Lincoln. Right. And like that was just a boring time. That movie was so boring. I didn't even see it. It's not I, worth I read the synopsis. Opinion. Yeah. Um, but right, I think the question here is, you're such an amazing actor. You're so clearly on top of the game. Do you need to retire, or... Do you just need to act differently? Yeah. I think I would argue for you've already solidified your legacy, so sell out. Right. Liam Neeson. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. Liam Neeson. Clooney, I guess, sort of always been right. sold out a little bit, but like, no one's going to hold it against you if, you if you make your Taken 3. Right. Right? It's, right. Like, you deserve, you deserve a, uh, a hangover. 100%. You deserve a bunch of sequels that will be lucrative for like the first two. 
and, and no one's gonna like barring any horrible sexual assault allegation. Right. You're done. You've already done it. Right. You've you just won, have to behave. He's won something like three Oscars out of like the past five movies he's done. Right. Which is insane. Yeah, he set some record. He's he is the goat. And it's the question is like his I think we all know his method I mean he's a method actor. And you know, we hear about Christian Bale loses a ton of weight for these roles, but and I I think that the only person who can claim to like go more in for the biscuit than Christian Bale is our boy DDL. DDL, I 100 percent agree. Like he for I don't what was that movie where he's the guy with cerebral palsy? Uh, my left foot. Good memory. Yeah, I mean yeah. he spent like three months in a fucking wheelchair acting like he had cerebral palsy, and like if that doesn't that's super hard. Like yeah. one, it's really hard to have cerebral palsy. True. It's also I imagine pretty hard to. Pretend. Pretend to have cerebral palsy. Yeah. I guess I guess the argument is like, just take it a little less seriously and make hundreds of millions of dollars more. And there's only a few people who are in that echelon of like, whatever you do, we're cool with it. Like, I'm not sure I can name anyone else. Like, I guess Spielberg, kind of. Right. It's like, he can make any movie he wants. Everyone's going to be like, well, it's still Steven Spielberg. Even Scorsese, it's like, right. sometimes he screws up. Like, De Niro isn't that way. Right. Right. He's like, he had an awesome career, but... Right. The intern. The intern. Didn't exactly. see it. I assume it's bad. I assume it's terrible. Yeah. But if Daniel Day-Lewis went in the intern, I'd give him the pass. Right. It's, it's like, like maybe, make that money. Yeah. I mean, and what would Daniel Day-Lewis do to prepare for the intern? Like, he would... He would just intern. Would he just... he just eat ramen for... <laughs> just eat ramen for... Yeah. Or, like, just... For three months. Work at a shitty ad agency and, like, go get right. coffee and... Right. For four years. Copy lines. For you'd, four years. Yeah. 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 They'd give him the promotion. He'd, like, make it through the shitty part. And he'd be like, well, now I'm ready to make the movie. I think the thing here is that... In, in cases like this, you know, when you're acting, I think a lot of times you can say, like, you know, half measures, you know? Yeah. Like, I got to go all in. Mm-hmm. I think in Daniel Day-Lewis's case, your half measure is everybody sells 120%, you know? Totally. Like, you could use a half measure. Because at some point, this is super, like, this is unhealthy. You can't just pretend to be a psychopath. He's not playing happy characters. No. He's playing... Tortured characters. Tor- tortured, like, killers. Insane character. Insane. I, I think he said, he basically was like, we were really laughing a lot at the beginning of this movie, and then I just got so into the tragedy of this guy's life. And Spoiler alert, apparently the story's really yeah, sad. Yeah, uh, of course. Um, he doesn't do happy. He doesn't do happy. It's like, yeah, I got super sad. Well, I can tell you why you're super sad. It's because you are assuming identities that aren't your own for the worse. Yeah, and I guess I think about it too with that new Jim Carrey documentary that's out. Right. Where he talks about like how he lost, I haven't seen the movie, just the preview, but it's a good preview. About how he's like totally loses himself and comes out on the other side being like, who am I? What's the difference between like, why are you doing that? Right. Are good good actors psychopaths? I think so. They have to be. Right. Acting is just pretending. It's just play. As we know. You just are faking it. It's just goofing around. Like, and I don't know. There's so few people that I'm like, I really want you to just go out there and like just... Make a ton of money. Get your face everywhere. Be horrible. Right. Other than Daniel Day-Lewis. We love him. Right. And it's just, at some point, we gotta say it, it's, it's you're being a douchebag. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. You I mean, can't, the method you can't, thing is like... The method thing is, you are a douchebag if you're a method actor. I'm sorry, I hate to say it, but the whole premise of like, oh, I can't, I can't stop pretending because I'll, I'll lose it. Sure, it's an art form, but like, artists are douchebags too. Yeah. You know? Like, it's, the dudes, it's studied under... The New York like ballet's costume designer, and he just recreated some dress that I'm not going to try to pronounce, and I don't know what it means. Yeah. He like made a dress. Re- like, do you have to? Do you have to? Do, do you have to learn how to sew? Well, it's also like 
I don't this maybe that just seems like you're just taking it so seriously for a thing that is just like this is entertainment. Right. But We're glad you take art seriously, and I'm not saying acting isn't art because it is it art. Is, right. It's hard. But for like a fucking movie, yeah, right. <clears throat> you're gonna go out there and 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 do that, right? And basically just like annoy someone. It essentially is the real life of the intern. It is the real life. It's like just, an old guy goes back and learns how to do right. something. <laughs> like it's yeah. pretty much a burden on everyone around him. Right. By yeah. like ruining this costume designer's life and then like the casting crew on like my left foot had to carry him around. Right. Yeah, it's not easy to push a wheelchair. No. It's a heavy they it's carry a heavy him stroller. sometimes too. Oh really? They yeah, they have to like carry him. Yeah. Right. It's like is this New York City costume designer like have an apprentice? Right. Like apprenticing isn't a thing that happens anymore. No. Like you know, it's just like you don't do that. Because and if you do, it's like you want that person to take your job. He, like, it just sucks when suddenly Daniel Day-Lewis walks in and is like, hey, I'm going to study under you for six months. And, and you know what? I hate to audible so early, but it does really encapsulate a theme that I think we talked about when you wanted to plan this, which is like, it, there's also some crazy, like, dude, you've got a ton of money and like could do whatever you want and you're choosing to like live this ascetic like lifestyle. Right. And go rock star out. Like you're one of these 1% rich people. Do right. better. You've got to be better. And I think it is. We like Daniel Lee Lewis. We want you to make sick movies. Yeah, we love him. We you're my favorite actor. Right. We more want you to not kill yourself. Yeah. Like, or also, like, if you're gonna do that, hire your own staff. Right. To carry you. Yeah. Hire your hire that. your own seamstress. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because anyone some, can teach you how to snow. Some poor PA is like, I'm working with Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. This is gonna be the jumpstart right. of my career, and then he's the PA that just carries around yeah. Daniel Day Lewis, right. who won't talk right. out of an accent to that's, you. That's the most naive situation to be in all time like oh man I'm gonna work with Daniel Day Lewis like that is hell right like you're a great actor but that is that is the worst job you can have and he always gets a, he can probably get a pass for anything he does he's like sorry I was in character right. sorry I didn't mean to yell at you right I was just playing the character sorry yeah sorry you had to blend up all my meals into a blender and like spoon feed them yeah. to me like I, I was playing someone who has no teeth right the old no teeth the old no teeth <laughs> yeah that's the next one so I think yeah with that audible we can go right into let's skip to we've got a we got a couple big kind of pop culture news this week, which is Prince Harry promote, uh, proposed to uh, Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle, a celebrity that I didn't know existed. Me neither. Me neither. I, I didn't put two and two together. Um, but I think that his proposal was that he, they were roasting chicken and he got down on one knee and I, I can't even finish the story. I just fuck that. It is ridiculous. I just don't believe that someone whose title is Prince has ever roasted their own chicken. No, that's that's like I don't think that's easy. No, I mean it's just like a little more uncertain than frying something on it. Like he doesn't know how to roast a chicken. Right, and it's like if you mess up, what are you gonna do? Like you're not like if I mess up a roasted chicken, like I will. It's or, fine. Or, or I have a frozen pizza. Or you'll eat it because you don't have another or choice. Or I'll eat it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'll eat the bones. Like I'll do what I have to do. But if you're a prince, like there's just no. I just don't believe that at all. And I honestly hope it's a lie. I hope he's lying. I hope he's lying and is they're like trying to make it seem less than it was. Right. Because. If he's serious and he proposed roasting a chicken, our our royalty is letting us down. A hundred percent. We need better. We need better from the one percent. And also, like you've got William to be like the boring one. Yeah. Right. Like William and Kate Middleton. Like they've already set the bar as like they're very stately, right. statesmanly. From from what I understand, I don't follow the royal family. I don't really understand. William's the ugly one. He's the ugly one, right? right. And Harry's the bad boy. He's the partier. He's the one that, like would get caught in Vegas naked and stuff like that. Like. Give us your Kanye West proposal. Right. You're marrying an American, so you're already things are already fucked up. Right. 
she's not, but she's she's mixed race, right? Or she's not right. white or something like that. Right. Like the royalty. I mean, England doesn't like that. No, like, England's probably losing not, it. So yeah, like, right. give us your Harry. Be do, be your true you. This is the PR right. team coming out and being like, he roasts chickens now. He doesn't get naked no, in Vegas. It's, yeah, it's pathetic. It's like when William one ups you. Oh, uh, you are fucked. You're fucked. You're fucked. The, the throne is no longer yours. You're I don't know how the monarchy works anymore. I assume it's very Game of Thrones esque. Right, like they have to kill each other. Yes. And honestly, I now I put my money on William. William, I think, has the finger on the pulse of of what the you know royalty is expected to do. And Harry was the he was off he was he was off the cuff. He was crazy. <laughs> right? Isn't she from Vegas too? Like I have no all idea. of the maybe I'm making that up, but let's assume she is. Like all of the the pieces are lining up. For you to knock this proposal out of the park of like, man, what can we do? We could hide the ring in a bunch of cocaine. Right. You know, like, we could have, we could have, we could literally, I mean, we're so rich, we could put the ring inside like a poor person and cut them open. Yeah. And the ring would pop. Like, we, they have old money. Old money. They live in a castle. Right. That's old money, old <laughs> evil. Right. Yeah. They live in a castle. Yeah. And like, William took Kate to Kenya. And at first I read that, sounds like, all right, like, and it's a special place for them. There's this whole backstory of, like, that's where Princess Diana was and she found out she was queen. I looked at the resort. I looked at the place. I took a virtual tour. Yeah. And it's fucking gorgeous. Of course it is. Yeah, it's like a safari wherever you are. Like, you could take a shit and you'd be, like, you'd be like, oh, I'm seeing the most beautiful thing of all time in, like, the hunt. Yeah. And and I guess the theme here that carries over Dean Day-Lewis is, like, if you are in this strata live it up like do your good shit and, right. and you guys do you know that's all these princes do is they right. go around and they go to like yeah, see the like Invictus nice, games see like, right. and they hug people and all that shit right. but you're a figurehead other than that right. so like when it's time for you to have a big personal milestone Kanye West the shit out of it right. make it the most Instagram right. loved thing of all time we need fireworks yeah that's what I've come At to that's least. what I think we deserve right well it's like what are we supposed to do now right right like me roasting a chicken by hand for like my loved one, right, was supposed to be my nice thing. <laughs> so that so if the bar is now set as like very rich person, famous person proposal is roasting a chicken. How far down do we stoop for when it's time for us to propose? Like you know we're so many rungs on the social right. social it's, sphere below that right. is like it's it, like you buy street nuts, you spill them on the street, and the right. ring's in there, and the ring is in there. Right. It's you, like a plastic like, ring. It's a plastic ring, and you have to like eat the. You have to. It's in a. It's encased in a in a nut, and you have to eat that. It seems right. How would you have done it then if, if you had to set the bar for this celebrity proposal? Are you asking me for my Audible of the Week? I'm asking you for your Audible of the Week. All right, so Audible of the Week. We're going we're to run through an idea of how we could have changed this. Well, baseline fireworks. Yeah. Baseline fire. You just show that you've a little bit of planning would be nice. Mm-hmm. Baseline fireworks. you got to involve the help in some way. Um, I, again, you can't. if you're a prince, you can't make your own food. You right. have to have a personal chef. I, just, I, you I know? refuse to believe that right. he, he has no. It's like, did he give the guy a, a night off? Yeah, I refuse to believe Meghan Markle roasts her own chickens, right. but I'll continue. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, a ring and a souffle. You just gotta hide the ring somewhere, you know? Like, I would. If you put the ring in the chicken, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, basically, what, what is essential here is that you need to use the carcass of another being to hide your ring. You need to say, like, that's how important this is and this is how not important this other item is. It's like, we don't even have to eat the chicken. It just is, this this food that would feed a family, that's not the point. We're right. not going to eat it. This point is to house the ring. Uh-huh. We cooked the ring and the chicken. Yes. So I think that's be my, that'd be my, my big one. That'd be your big one. I think that's great. I love, I do think that, like, the, the massive planning is a huge part of it, right? Like... Bro, you you have no job. No, you have no, no job. job. You have no job. And unlimited resources. Yeah, what else do you have to do? And you live in a castle. Right, like, I'm sure you've planned your proposal. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be... 
more than just like we're quiet at home roasting a chicken and he yeah. got down and asked me. Yeah. Bullshit. You gotta be aware of your brand. Yeah, and also like in the age of social media, like my proposal is gonna be optimized for, for the for the love. Right. You know, like I'm gonna be in a picturesque place. There's going to be an overhead shot of it going on. Right. Like, everyone we've ever known is going to rise from the Grand right. Canyon, right. you know, singing a song. It's going to be like a gospel choir. Yeah, right. Naturally. Naturally. Or, like, I, it's like I step up to the plate at Yankee Stadium, hit a home run, round right. the bases, and then get down Propose. on one knee, and right. the crowd goes wild. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, it sounds good. I think they should... I think the lesson of this, before we move on, is they should be holding auditions for royalty. Yeah. Like, you can't just be born into this anymore. I mean, Harry, you fucked it all up. It was it was fine beforehand, and you ruined it. Totally. And remember, you know who sets a good standard for this? Is remember when Bieber rented out the Staples Center for a romantic dinner with Selena? Yeah. Like, right. come on, man. Right. That's even like that's easy. That's right. a weird one. Right. Like, you I have to know. make people want to be rich. That's yeah. the key to how the world works. And British monarchy, like you are the old guard. You need to keep right. things together. Right. You're the oldest money. <clears throat> right. And if, you're gonna lose this. You're gonna lose this if if you up. if you can't keep this right. The, the eye of gossip on, you know, what you're doing while you're fucking everything else. Right. And speaking of more rich people who are fucking out, we've got Evan Spiegel. Spiegel. Evan Spiegelman, CEO of Snapchat, who put out a video this week explaining the, the company's new direction, which I still don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't sense. make any sense. But basically this video, if you guys haven't seen it, you need a YouTube, just Snapchat CEO, Evan Peep Spiegel. Peep the blog, though. Peep it on oh, the yeah, blog. Oh, yeah. Peep it on the blog. It's a good way to write free advertising. Uh, here's a blog, are you happy now? Uh, .com. Uh, we own that domain now. Check it out. It's our most recent blog. Um, he does not know what is happening. He does not know how to use his arms. Well, you know, and, and the baseline for me is I fucking hate this guy. Right. I hate this guy because, as you said in, in the post, like, he has a history of doing bad things. He, he created this app based on, like, just to send naked pictures, to send unsolicited dick pics. Right. And... And, and I envy him. He's got $3 billion. He's married to Miranda Kerr. Right. He's new money. Right. He's new money. He's new skinny white boy money. And he's arrogant. You know, he turned down. He wanted, People were going to buy him out. And he said, yeah. no, he wants to do it. He's the vision of the company. And he puts out this video where he's like, it seems like he's like trying to suck Mark Zuckerberg's dick in this. Like he's like, right. the way like Zuckerberg wanted jobs, now Spiegel wants Zuckerberg, where he's wearing a t-shirt and it's like, looks sort of behind the scenes You know, it's here, we're going to do this in 60 seconds. And he stares at the camera Weighs 145 pounds, and his elbows are he looks, surgically attached to his He looks sides. like a puppet. Like, he looks like he's being dangled by strings. And it just yeah. makes me mad. Right, because he's got a, the, the, a hot wife. Yeah. One of the hottest wives that there is. And is this, like, him trying to take his image back to, like, I am sort of just, like, the nice tech guy who, like, wants to really make your relationships different. You know, Snapchat's about human-to-human relationships, and me serving you my hands on a horizontal plane left to right over and over again is, is making me connected. It looks like the, the pictures of Mark Zuckerberg when he's like meeting truck drivers and stuff where he's like, I am a robot and I am learning how human, human interaction works. But we know this guy isn't that way. Right. Uh, to read an email from Evan Thomas Spiegelman to uh, Pledge Class. Who gives a fuck if I said another one? Thank you to everyone for this weekend. All caps. The train to rage them didn't stop for anything slash anyone. Our pledge class is currently dominating the fuck out of everything. If I hear one more freshman tell me how much they love Kappa Sigma, I'll probably get so excited I'll punch them in the face. This happened because we all have been fucking a blast together, bro. So give yourself a pat on the back around some girl, put your large Kappa Sigma gift down her throat because you fucking handled this weekend. Can't wait to see everyone on the Black Hat Express soon. 
that means sounds like a nice guy. Sounds like a nice guy. Can't wait to see him on the Black Hat Express, <laughs> yeah, I mean, which I kind of love. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like, that's a sequel to Midnight Express. And it's just, I guess what pisses me off is like, you're either that or you're the guy in the video. Right. You're either white bread or you're like, whatever that bread is. Yeah, you're, you're, right. You can't choose. You can't suddenly be like, hey, I'm just a nice guy. With right. The, I'm like, I got skinny arms. Like, I'm, fr- like, I'm non-threatening. Yeah, and I don't like that. And I, and like that I expect either you to go in and give me some fucking production value because you're never going to beat Instagram without production value, or you give me fucking Evan Spiegel, frat boy extraordinaire, who comes in and says like, right. you know, I made an app for dick pics. I made an app for dick pics, and here I'm gonna here's how I'm gonna get you your dick pics in a more person to person way right. without advertisers jumping in on your dick pics. Right. And I, I just can't get behind that. Like this was either so overthought that they were like Evan just keep your hands at your side and serve up these nice ideas right you think he was like how do I make my tries look huge they're like yeah. oh don't move don't move them yeah or it was so underproduced that he's like we're gonna do this quick and nimble because we're a startup company and just shoot me talking about it and it was overthought or underthought it wasn't medium medium well done thought right you need to recognize when you need coaching yeah you know and like you can pay someone to just like cut out your arms. Do you or green screen your arms in? Yeah. Do you think he was overcoached or undercoached? Um, knowing knowing everything I know about Evan Spiegel, Spiegel, I'd probably. Wow, oh, that's a tough one. Probably. I mean, honestly, maybe he was overcoached. I think they probably were like, "Hey, wear this T-shirt. Like, let's go for this trendy social media thing. Make sure that you gesticulate with your arms. We'll burn the graphics up." And he's like the old guy who is. You tell him. You tell him a bunch of directions and he just, he grasps the one, which was move your arms from side to side. Right. And, and honestly, you're just like, I want bad guys to just act like bad guys. That'll be a running theme. Yeah. Like if you have villainous qualities, embrace them because we can see right through you. I completely agree. We're going to, we got to move on. Let's, um, well, let's see. Let's go to our, our first segment, Irrational Fear of the Week. <laughs> The, the week is uh, shitting and getting bit by an eight-foot python, which is not an irrational fear in Bangkok because that just happens to people. It's not. And they, no disrespect to the people of Bangkok because I've, I've been to the city, but that place is truly horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds like the place of nightmares. They just have snakes running the streets. Yeah, and you sit in traffic for hours, and it's 105 degrees, and there was not a single person in Bangkok who gave me a true direction. Yeah. Every person came up to me and was like, you know what? You really have to go to this place. And all of a sudden I'm in a tuk-tuk and I'm, then I'm on the river alone in a boat with a guy that I've never met before who won't speak to me but on a cell phone the entire time. Right. And there are snakes in the rivers there because that's Bangkok loves snakes. I saw some reptiles in the river that I couldn't, I could right. not point to you on a, like in an encyclopedia. Right. I, no I, I would expressly ask you to not point them out to me. Yeah. Just an example. The fire department, um, uh, one day in the last two weeks received 173 snake invasion calls and like... Guys, these are not garden snakes. These are, again, eight-foot pythons. And that was compared to five fire alarms. So if you work for the fire department in Bangkok, you're not a firefighter. You are you are a snake handler. Yeah, I mean, when you read, like, the New York Times reported on it, their first paragraph is insane. This woman was using the toilet in her downstairs bathroom when she felt a sharp bite on her thigh, jumped up to see a scene straight out of nightmare, an eight-foot python emerging from her toilet. Rushed to the hospital, bleeding heavily, and bears the marks from eight tooth punctures that were each half an inch deep. Yeah. That is like, when you're taking a shit in your downstairs toilet, you think you're there alone, you know, you've got like the newspaper out, you're ready to, you're on your phone, you're very vulnerable. You're the most, it's your safe space. 
You take that away from someone, you shatter. Like, this woman is fucked. Yeah. No, she's going to have PTSD probably. Yeah, I'm going to have that. If this happened to me, I'd shit standing up. Yeah, I guess. And people say that's the way God intended us to shit, right? It's right, right. You got to keep the back straight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe, maybe we should go to Bangkok. Squatty potty should maybe like take yes. this as like it's, like a, it's, a, it's a good way. It's free advertising. Free advertising. Don't, get that done. Don't get it done. Mm-hmm. Our next segment of the week is uh, called Room Tone. So hold your phone calls for 30 seconds, folks. Awesome, we got it. Thanks got so it. much. Yeah, wow, that was uh, that was an ex- that was a successful one. Cool. So the name of this next segment is Steel King's Identity, and we actually have a caller uh, calling in where you guess a number of my social security, uh, a digit of my social security number. Is that how you're supposed to say it? Yeah, I think that works. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So uh, on the line, we actually have Noah Solomon. Hey, how are we doing? Noah. What's, what's up, up, Noah? Man? Not much. So you know the rules of the game. Basically, you guess a number, and I tell you if it is uh, if it belongs to my social security number at all. Sounds good to me. Should be, should be pretty easy. Uh, well, you say that now. All right, Noah. Your what's your guess? Talks clicking. Um, I'm gonna go with lucky number seven. Nope. Bye, Noah. And that was uh, segment Steel King's identity. Tough guess. Um. Well, hey, I think that wraps up our first episode of King and Dusty Hour, um, starring the Weak Boys. Thanks for having me. Um. Keys. And again, I mean, we're looks like we're about 23, 24 minutes in. Um. So hey. We're, we're wrapping up early today. You got 36 free minutes. Um, do something good with it. Um, you're welcome. Yeah, this is this is our donation back to you. Reclaim right. this time. Have fun. Right. Yeah. Do something. Do something you wouldn't have done otherwise. Um, great. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.